back to another episode of songs to save your life i'm your host jose and your boy punk bug that was the smiths with this charming man and uh morrissey just released like a, a an open letter to johnny marr yeah. which is the guitarist mm-hmm. of the smiths <laughs> keep my name out your mouth is what he said pretty much but uh yeah the smiths was uh the group that they were in together and then they broke up they were together for like six years uh this one is not it's not like the the best songs that i think are the best songs but this is like to I, i'm calling this episode the smiths 101 to yeah. try to get it's you like into introdu- it introduction introduction yeah. yeah almost like the introducing morrissey like those weren't the best songs of morrissey but they're like songs to try to get you into it you know yeah because uh once you become a fan there's other songs that are a lot slower and not as interesting but you still like them more because of the lyrics or the melody you know with the smiths or even morrissey you connect on a on a level like that not all other singers have where it's more of like a like he he's speaking to you and you know like there's those times where it's like fuck like you you know you're not the popular person and he sings to you about like you know it's okay if you're not the popular person like keep going on like yeah. and so that's for me the the lyrics and then Johnny Marr with a guitar it just it was the the best of both worlds. Yeah, the combination. Yeah. All right, man. Up next, we have uh, another. This is a really good one right here. Big Mouth Strikes Again. Yeah. 
That was I Want the One I Can't Have, and before that was Big Mouth Strikes Again. That that was a really good song. That was like one of the first ones that I, that I heard. Um, but I heard it like uh, on the Rank CD, which is like a live CD mm-hmm. from the Smiths. And then this one is uh, what the one I can have is like this is a really cool song too. They're like kind of like uh, like I said, they're not like the greatest hits, but like they're the ones that I think that you'll it'll get you into it, you know? Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, for sure. The reason why a lot of people like Morrissey too is because like the the lyrics are. Um, androgynous so like it could be you could be singing to a girl or to a guy because he doesn't say she he rarely says that but it's, it's never she or he it's it's rare it's rare you know like they also covered um they covered like old um songs like soul songs from the 60s mm-hmm. and 50s um johnny marr had his hair like that how the chicks would cut it like a beehive haircut oh, yeah, yeah with the short short uh, bangs and the, the top all crazy yeah spiked up that's where they, they modeled it from they even sang a song live called "I Want a Boy for My I Want a Boy for My for My Birthday," it's but it's mm-hmm. a cover from yeah. uh, you know those those soul. So they were really into that. So they, they would always cover songs from like soul singers and black soul singers and shit. They were into mm-hmm. that too. That's one thing that they both shared. That they were into. And up next is uh, Sweden Tenor Hooligan. And uh, up next is uh, Still Ill uh, from the John Peel session. That song's from the John Peel session. It's not I Want the One I Can Have, but up next is Still Ill.
breakfast and never, never do it again And of course he won't And not until the next time He was the sweet and tender hooligan Hooligan And he swore that he'll never, never do it again And of course he won't And not until the next time Poor old man He had an accident with a three-bar fire But that's okay Because he wasn't very happy anyway Playing. That was Sweet and Tender Hooligan, and before that was Still Ill, uh, John Peel session. Uh, Still Ill. There's uh, one of my, my brother's friends. He's a Morrissey fan too, and uh, I actually tattooed that on his hand. Yeah. And, and handwriting, I drew it up and shit. I tattooed Still Ill. It looks fucking pretty bad. I did. I did it like in, like in cursive, mm-hmm. but it looks kind of like the, like the cursive is kind of like ripping. Like there's pieces oh, ripping yeah. off, kind of almost like a flower. And I tattooed a rose on his other hand. Oh, that's oh yeah, cool. I fucking tattooed both uh, both of his fucking hands. Yeah, yeah, man, that was maybe like six years ago. The cool thing is, um, there was like a fucking post that I saw that had a bunch of Morrissey tattoos in there, mm-hmm. and that tattoo was there. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, I did that tattoo. That's cool. You know, so that's that was pretty cool. cool. That's a badass song. And uh, 
but that that's kind of hard to write because the capital I looks like a J kind mm-hmm. of unless you know what it is you know you're like oh shit still ill you know yeah the the lowercase I has a dot but the, the uppercase looks like a fucking J but you could tell because it's like a I and the, the two L's look exactly the same mm-hmm. but that was fine you know I got you got I got to tattoo that and I was I always wanted a a Morrissey tattoo I finally have one I have, I have a two punching gloves yeah, and the it says Mars gloves, on yeah. there that one uh, my wife did the outline and then I colored it in and shit mm-hmm. you know she did like the, the harder work but I, eventually I want to get more yeah you know, and then, uh, what, what's your next one I don't know dude I got so many fucking ideas like I want to get a uh, fucking you, you want to get Smith's related or that doesn't matter Morrissey okay I'm more, I like Morrissey's career a lot better it's a, it's the music's a lot better mm-hmm. I mean the Smith's is a lot catchier you know and it's from when I was like a lot younger but I've grown older with the music as soon as the CD comes out boom I'll be listening to Morrissey yeah. I, I keep it's cool because he keeps releasing stuff mm-hmm. and the Smith's are never going to release anything else nope. this is just Morrissey so I like Morrissey more. Uh, I like the music more because he had other writers, not just Johnny Marr. You know, yeah. his other writers. But he had Boz Bora, Alan White, Jesse Tobias, all kinds of different um, from his bandmates. You know, mm-hmm. that, that played along with him. So, but yeah, I'm gonna get. It's gonna be Smith's tattoos and, and Morrissey. That like I want to get um, like kind of like there's light that never goes out. But yeah. I want to get like a, a double decker bus mm-hmm. and saying like to die by your side. You know, like, oh, with a double cool. decker bus, yeah. a double decker bus, and then like a script kind of like a ribbon going around it saying mm-hmm. that shit. I also want to get Seasick Yet Still Docked, like a fucking anchor with Seasick Yet, yet Still Docked. In the- but anyway, thanks for hanging in yeah, there. Guys. <laughs> thanks thanks for listening. For shit. listening. Uh, this is the last song. This is a really good song right here. So you guys, this is, song is called Ask, and we'll see you guys later. See you guys later. No, no.
What's up? Welcome to another episode of Inside My Mind. Thanks for uh, your continued support to you Patreons. Um, I haven't released nothing in uh, over a month. Yeah, it looks like it's about a month, actually. Um, if you guys follow my Instagram, you know what's going on. But um, thank you for you guys for, for staying on. You know, I know... Uh, Times are tough right now, and then I wasn't coming out with nothing. But you understand, you guys are supporters, so you understand. Uh, maybe you, don't, if you don't know what has been going on in this month, um, so on here I've been kind of detailing my journey with uh, my wife's cancer, battle with cancer, and uh, so. Um, uh, a week before the 3rd of October, I kind of, I spoke on here, right? And I talked about how I was worried about Liz and uh, how she seemed like she was declining, right? And um, I even kind of talked to her, you know, I was like, come on, like, you know, like, you got to get up. We got to do something, you know, like, you want to, you want, you want this to be your life, you know, you're going to, you're going to just be here in bed. Which is kind of fucked up, but I just wanted a motivator, you know, because I felt like my hands were tied, right? And so I called her her brother, and he tried to convince her to go uh, to the um, to the hospital, but we couldn't convince her, you know. When uh, after when she talked to her brother, and I and I got home, she tricked me, you know. I thought she was fine. She said, "Oh no, no, I'm fine." She was smiling and stuff, but. Uh, I, I I felt like I was crazy, you know, because I wanted to take her and like, but she's fine, you know, because she 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 was like felt fine, you know, or she she was she put on the face that she was fine, and um, but a week after that, I would say uh, on the third, I, I went to work on the third of October, I worked and everything, and um, and then uh, Sunday she looked fine. Uh, we didn't go to church because, you know, she was like in pain, you know, but it wasn't, it was just the, the usual pain, nothing uh, that I noticed different. But I did notice that her health was declining and she was just in bed, you know, and uh, she wouldn't really eat anything and or drink her teas. And um, I feel like, uh, I feel like, um, I thought myself that she just didn't want to do it or she was giving up or that she was depressed, right? So I asked her. She's like, no, it's not. I'm not depressed. It's just like, 
It hurts when I eat, you know. Uh, and then that felt fucked up, you know, because I thought she just didn't want to eat or, you know. I'm like, come on, I would try to push her, you know. Because it's my job as a husband, you know, like, and because I love her so much. Like, I want her to do whatever it was that was going to help her uh, prolong her life a little bit longer. Maybe beat the cancer with whatever diet plan or natural natural um the natural way you know because it 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 has been done before i'm just not sure that maybe because uh since hers was stage four it was so advanced it was difficult to for what she was doing to actually take effect the natural way and uh well I'm, i'm back today at work so i haven't worked in about a month and a half almost i haven't worked um, but I'm back today. Um, so, um, on the third, uh, I go to work, I come home and she's like, Hey, uh, babe, uh, we have to go to the hospital. I'm like, fuck, you know, when she told me that she wanted to go to the hospital, I knew something was wrong. You know what I mean? For her to want to go to the hospital. She's, she's really tough, you know? And for when she told me that, I was like, fuck, man. You know what I mean? Actually, as a matter of fact, when she first told me about the pain that she had back like in December, I sensed that it was going to be something bad and I really wanted her to go to the to the doctor and uh, I even made sure to tell her I said look um, I feel like this is something really bad and I feel like you're not gonna you're not gonna survive you're not gonna make it and I feel like I had to tell her that because that was the gut feeling the gut instinct that I had and so I believe that whenever you feel things like that whenever you have a dream whenever you have a vision I feel like you should you should inform the person in order to uh, either change that situation or I feel that when you tell the person, then it won't happen because then whatever it was that you envisioned wouldn't come to fruition. And it would like, even if you had some type of a instinct or power to view the future or have a vision that way, by you speaking about it, it won't, it, it won't, it won't come to fruition. Right. So that's what I, you know, so, so then we end up going to, uh, we end up going to the hospital and, um, it was on a, we get there on a Monday, we get there and, uh, you know, we went, we went to the ER, uh, it took a while, I'm not sure if I, t- yeah, I did, I think I did tell her brother, I said, hey, where are we here in the, where are we here in the ER, you know, and, uh, he showed up and um, we were there. It was like La Madrugada already, like, you know, one or two in the morning. And he was there, too. And I was like, yeah, this is what's wrong. And I, I, I let him in, you know. He, he went in there real quick to talk to her. She hadn't got a room yet. And then uh, they just had her sitting down. And then they got her room. And then I would say around four or five in the morning, uh, they took us upstairs to an actual room. They said that they were going to keep her for observation. Uh, once they did these scans and stuff like that. And this whole time she's in pain, you know. Um, and they're giving her like five milligrams of, of pain medication. Now, keep in mind, she was taking oxycodone and she was taking 30 milligrams. But actually she was taking like 15. She was biting the, the pill in half because she was more worried about um, maybe, you know... Uh, if she was going to survive this, she didn't want to become 
dependent on the drug rather than fighting the pain. She was so tough that she was she would rather fight the pain and just numb it a little bit in hopes of surviving this and where she didn't want to end up as a you know hooked on on on, on the on these prescription pain medicines, right? So they're giving her five milligrams, which doesn't do shit. It's not doing anything, you know, but they don't know the extent of her pain so they're just giving her five milligrams five milligrams the whole time she's in pain and um we're there I, I keep spending the night and then on wednesday night i had to leave because i had to wake up um i had to go feed my kids and i had to um pay the rent so i slept that was the only night that i went home and uh, so i went and she was fine you know she was able to communicate and all that um and but i think prior to that she noticed that because we were up there she was just in pain just giving her five milligrams so she's in constant pain and she um because whenever the nurses go in there they go in there with like a it's like a like like a roll away station with a computer and so she looked at the computer screen and it said five milligrams now we didn't know that it was five milligrams in the beginning until she saw it. I'm like, dude, no wonder. So she had her her medication <clears throat> with her. So I got the the pill, the pill frasco, and I showed it to the guy. I'm like, look, man, you guys are only giving her fucking five milligrams, and she takes thirty. No wonder why it's not doing anything. So then they ended up switching it up to something stronger, and then that's when I left on Wednesday. And then I want to go pay the rent and everything. I got back there around noon. And then from there, after that Wednesday, I, d- I didn't go home at all. I was just there nonstop, you know. And uh, um, I guess on uh, Thursday, see, she was fine. Like, we'd be able to talk. Uh, I'm not sure what night it was, if it was Wednesday night or Thursday night. Or maybe it been Tuesday night. Even my, my brother was there. He was visiting. He was kicking it. And we're up there. It was a big-ass room. And. We're up there watching like TLC, fucking, uh, 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 I think it's called something about moms, like moms that are in charge and shit or something like that, that are, that are fucking like the moms. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but we're watching that. We're laughing. We're commenting on it. We're, you know, we're interacting. We're we're laughing. We're watching it. We're joking around. Right. And then, um, Thursday, the pain started getting a little stronger. So they had to keep her kind of sedated and comfortable, you know, so her, um, her, uh, I guess her interaction kind of slowed down, you know, because they have to keep her med- medicated. And, uh, what they wanted to do is they wanted us, they wanted us to leave Thursday morning. They said, "Oh, you guys are gonna leave?" I said, "Nope." I said, "How how are you gonna how are we gonna leave if it's really hard to get that prescription?" No, if you if you guys release us with about thirty pills, that's fine. We'll go home, and she could be treating herself with with, with, with the medication, right? But if you don't give us that, how are we going to get it? We, we've already tried getting this medication. It's very hard to come by because of how strong it is. And uh, we've already tried. So we can't leave. And, and, you know, and then it was cool because one of the nurses, she was really cool. Um, she was like, she's the, the type of nurses that check the, um, the vitals and the temperature. And I told her what was happening. She said, oh, you know what? You could appeal that shit and talk to the call a social worker and tell them that they're trying to kick you out and shit, right? So then um, 
I think the next morning um, they showed up, and I think the I was outside talking to somebody, and the doctor shows up, and they're like, "Oh, she's still here!" Like you know, like they should have sent her home. Like, and my my, my wife heard that. You know, my wife's the one that told me that shit. So then, my kids would show up in the morning, you know, because it worked out. You know, like God knows, you know. I mean, everything everything worked out for. My brother had taken a, a month. He was going to return it in Halloween uh, from work. He had he was he had a stress leave, and um, so what he would do is like fucking seven thirty a.m. He'd wake up seven a.m. Go pick up my kids. He'd have my kids at the hospital by eight a.m. when they start visitation, and uh, they would allow two people at a time. Now, I stayed up there, so my name was never shown as a visitor, you know, because I never came down. Because if I was to come down, it's going to show that um, I'm up there and only one person can come up. So that really helped that, you know. And in the meantime, my my, uh, my brother would stay with my two chihuahuas. I have an old, old senior that we found in the street. And I have a, a puppy, which is like a year and something. And... Um, like a year and a half, and my, my my brother would take care of the dogs for about two hours while my kids were up there, you know. And I think one of the times my daughter was down downstairs for some reason, but it was just my son that was up there. And that same China that was saying like, "Oh, like you're, she's still here." She told me, "Hey, like you know, we need to talk." And okay, like you know, if she passes away, you want us to resuscitate her? I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Okay, well." What's going to happen is since the cancer, her bones are a lot weak. They're a lot weaker. And so we might crack her sternum. I said, nah, you know what? Nah, nah, nah. Do, do not. DNR It's called DNR, right? So said, okay, well, you need a sign for it. Because, you know, the logic is like, okay, like her body's deteriorating. It's not working. Why bring her back to all this pain? You know what I mean? It was the toughest decision I had to do in my life. At the same time, it was an easy decision. You know what I mean? Because it was... It was my wife. I don't want her to feel any pain. I don't want her to suffer. You know, it's like, you gotta... I was not selfish at all when it came down to that. I was not selfish at all. I had been preparing myself for, for months. And I had been preparing my kids, right? So I told my son, hey, man, like, try to say goodbye to her because she's really, really bad. We don't know what's going to happen, right? So my son said goodbye to her. You know, he hugged her. I got a couple of pictures where she's even able to sit up. She's, like, sitting up and they're hugging each other, you know? And that was pretty fucking sad. And my son was there when I signed that paper. And then I had to explain to him what that paper was. You know, this, this is what this paper is. And uh, because this is what could happen. So we don't want to bring your mom back to this, right? He's like, yeah. So he was kind of understanding, right? So uh, then uh, I believe uh, that day they took us to the ICU, which is the second floor. We were in the third floor and they took us to the second floor. Because what happened is she ended up catching uh, pneumonia because these motherfuckers, what they did, they were giving her a, a gang of IV because they make fatty on the IV, right? So they're giving her some big-ass bags of IV because that's how they make their money. What ended up happening is she caught, she caught pneumonia. But since they caught it there because they caused it, it took about two or three days for it to go away, the pneumonia. And um, so they took us down to the ICU and uh, we had a regular nurse. And then all of a sudden, at nighttime, we got a different nurse, which was that uh, she came in at, uh, 
I think, no, I think that Thursday night we were there, right? And I see you, and then the night nurse came in. She was nice. Really, really nice. She looked like a little a white girl. She was probably like five feet tall. Um, a little smaller than my wife. Really, really petite. She looked like she was white, but she was Cuban, right? And she was really, really nice to my wife. And God bless her, you know, for that. Um, she was really, really nice. Really, really nice, man. For some reason, I don't know, man. Like, I guess these people, we were blessed to have, like, it was like three people that were really, really nice out of all the nurses, you know, that actually did care about my wife and were genuine and really, really cared. And, like, man, uh, I'm going to do some yelping. I'm going to, there's there was a lady, um, before we went down to the ICU, her name is Angela. She's like from 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 Africa, or you know, some somewhere there, African Africa, I think. And she was really really nice, man. Really really took care of my wife. Really really was looking out for her. And uh, when my wife was there uh, in in the regular uh, third floor, um, I bought my wife uh, some PJs and and a blanket. So I had her. Uh, she asked. So she had a blanket, and uh, the lady's like, "Oh, that's a nice blanket. Like, where'd you buy it?" And I told her where, right? So. I'm a, they're cheap. They're inexpensive blankets too. So I'm gonna end up buying her one and, and taking it to her. I just gotta sneak, sneak into there, you know, like because she starts working at seven. So I have to go on a day that she's working and <clears throat> take that up there, you know, and just give it to her. Hey, thank you very much for being nice. There's another homie. He so during the day there was some homie named Julian, cool as fuck. He was a Vietnamese homie. He looked like a Filipino, but he was a Vietnamese homie, and he was really, really fucking cool too. Really, really fucking nice, like. I don't know, man. I guess they were able to sense that my wife was like a, a really nice person, and so they're really, really nice to her. Really, really, really nice to her, and that was in the regular treatment, right? So then um, we ended up going to the ICU, right? So back to th- that Thursday, the Thursday night we we meet. Uh, I wish I knew the, the that girl's name, but she was really, really nice too. Um, so she takes care of my wife. She they they allow me to be there because usually they don't allow you to be in the ICU overnight, and. Man, thank God I was able to to do so. I was able to stay. It just depends on which main nurse was covering that particular night. Now, um, we're there, right? And then the next day comes. Um, it's Friday night, 7 p.m. And the, the nurse comes, a little nice Cuban when she comes. And she's, oh, what's up? And, you know, and then she, after like an hour later, she goes, oh, come here. Can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah. She's like, hey, you know what? They didn't tell you. I'm like, no, nah, what happened? She's like, this could be her final night. I'm like, fuck. Come on. No, they didn't tell me that. I wish they would have told me that, you know. She's like, all right. But you know what? Don't worry. I'm going to keep her comfortable, as comfortable as possible. So, man, since she's so experienced because she's a traveling nurse, she actually works in New York, uh, Florida, and here. And so she just kept giving her as much medic- medicine as she could in order to keep her comfortable and so she was comfortable right so fuck the whole night i didn't sleep man so so i'm up i would wake up you know in the morning so i'm up like at at six right but i would wake up like at three in the morning um like two in the morning four in the morning and because they come and check her pressure so i would wake up and pretty much i was there you know taking care of her too you know i mean i made their job easy so man I, I text her her sister you know and then her sister told her the brother and that it really messed him up you know he was really really sad and the sister was more the older sister was more understanding and um kind of more level-headed you know and and accepting of what the situation was that we had you know in front of us and so you know i'm up and i didn't sleep at all i just I, and she told me hey you look, look out for, for these signs because they had a heart monitor and all that and on the screen I was just looking at the screen 
and I was able to I didn't sleep all night I was just watching her her vitals her heartbeat um it was at one point it was like it was like always at 150 160 right uh at one point it got to 180 190 170s the reason why it was like that is because of all the pain no matter um what pain medicine you're given <clears throat> all the pain medicine does is block the pain signal but the pain is still there uh and your body's still kind of altered right so she's like you're gonna look out for this once your heart rate starts dropping it's first gonna go high then it's gonna drop once you see it start dropping that means it's gonna be time so just be ready she's like you know what do you have any 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 music that that she likes listening to and stuff i'm like oh yeah let, 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 let me see so um uh by then <clears throat> i had i told her to unlock her phone i think that same night so she unlocked her phone so i had it unlocked and um i was able to go into her her itunes uh apple music you know which i'm thankful thank god for that thing because she was able to save a bunch of playlists on there so i went ahead and i started playing um one of her playlists and the song was uh fade into you by mazzy star and fuck, I just started crying, man. Like, fucking... It was just me and her. I was just fucking crying, man. And then another one was Wild Horses by um, The Sundays. I was fucking crying, dude. Just, but I was playing the music for her, you know? And the girl's like, yeah, you know? That's what I would want, you know, if that was me. So I just was playing that. And I was playing a playlist that she has of, like, uh, like uh, worship music, you know? Like, hymns. And I was playing that, too, the whole time. And the next morning at 8 o'clock... The, the entire waiting room was full with uh, friends and, and family, right? And um, so the family was showing up. My, for my kids were the first one. I said, look, my kids are going to be the first one. So so my kids came, you know, and I think I had texted my daughter what was happening. And she told my son, and he was, like, crying the whole fucking night. He didn't, he didn't sleep, you know. He, my, it was fucked up, man, for my son. He had to fucking uh, say goodbye, like, three times to her, you know. It, it was fucked up, you know, really, really fucked up. But I kept it real with them. I said, look, man, we don't know what day is going to happen, but it's going to happen soon. And <clears throat> we can't be greedy. You know what I mean? Your mom's just suffering, man, you know? So um, they were up. They came in the morning, and she made it, you know? Bam, despite despite what the fuck they said, right? And uh, what, that, what that made me realize uh, was that um, only God, only God knows the time. No human can tell you this is going to be this day. And that just helped me to remember that only God knows the time. You know, you, you, you can't trust a human with, it's, you know, this is going to happen. Someone's going to die this, this day. Like, they don't know. You know what I mean? So, everyone was coming and one of my sister-in-laws was being like really rude. And she's like, she was stopping everyone else from coming up. And she was just allowing their family. And they were like rotating. And people just kept calling me upstairs like her friends co-workers like hey can you let i'm like you know what there's nothing i can do but as far as for me and whoever's here first you guys can come up i don't care if it's family i don't care if it's friends as far as for me anybody can come up you know i don't care if the parents are there as long as you guys got there before you guys can come up you know what i mean they have all day so they were waiting there some some of the old folks even came like you know like that she used to take care of they came in a wheelchair and luckily my brother-in-law and my older sister-in-law saw that and took pity and it touched their heart that there's a guy in a wheelchair, right? That got taken there and he has to leave at a certain time. So they allowed him to go up there uh, with someone else and someone, the lady's like, oh, well, I'm with him, so I got to go, you know? 
So they counted them as three. So them three were up there. And um, the thing that I did realize too is that um, this, like, you know, let's say you have family, right? And you got friends, right? So when the family was going up there, like her mom and stuff like that, she was like, whatever. Like she wasn't even responding, you know, because they had her, they had her sedated, but she could hear everything. She could hear, feel everything. She just couldn't talk because we had to keep her kind of like calm uh, and sleeping uh, so she wouldn't be feeling any pain, right? So, um, you know, her parents came and they'd say, oh, I'm here. And she wouldn't even respond, right? So when before that man in the wheelchair came, it was his sisters, two sisters that came, older ladies, like in their 50s, in their 60s, they came and they said oh, hi Liz we're here and dude her eyes opened up like her eyes opened up like she fought the drowsiness and woke up and she was like seeing them and shaking their hand and smiling at them and, and interacting you know um, and then when the you know and then I guess one of her family members came and then they allowed the homie in the wheelchair and that homie in the wheelchair he's in a wheelchair and he's only like in his late 50s I think and but he's right there where elderly people are because he's got like problems with his hips, his hands. So, you know what I mean? He's really disabled and stuff. And so he um, he was really depressed, you know. Um, and so Liz would talk to him and kind of encourage him and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So they love her, you know, because she, was, she would encourage them and, you know, lift their spirits. So they're really, really, really cool. And so when they showed up same thing man her Liz we're here you know and all of a sudden boom her eyes open up and she just starts talking to them you know and smiling and and holding their hand and just interacting and just had a big old smile you know so what another lesson I learned that my wife taught me was that um it doesn't matter if you have family in your blood if they don't show you the love they're you know you're how how are you supposed to interact and show love back if you're not giving any love back although she, she did love a lot of people and and she was a nice a nice person um uh, a loving caring individual at the same time um she feels uh when she's not loved she feels when her family is rejecting her not coming around her, her family knew that she had cancer they wouldn't call her it was just her brother and her sister pretty much you know and so that's one thing I learned that, you know, um, that you can have family that, that is your friends that actually become family and support you more and show you. Like, so I learned that she re, she she reacted with love and she woke up when the people that actually showed her love in her life came and visited her. And she woke up, you know, so that's a valuable lesson that I learned, you know, that I knew already, but. Liz showed me that, you know, in person, you know, and um, so we're in the in the in the in, in the um, in the ICU, right? Um, and uh, it's gonna be Saturday night. I'm exhausted. I have not slept, right? And um, they may not, they may or may not allow me to stay in the ICU because the lady that's coming in is a bitch, and she does not allow anybody to stay over. There was a story that they told me of a special needs woman or girl, um, and she she was like in her 40s, I believe, and uh, her mom was like in her 60s, and um, 
she probably, I think she had like a, maybe she had Down syndrome or something. And the story goes that the lady that's in charge would not allow the mom to sleep over. And the little girl was crying. I mean, she's not a little girl, but you know, she was crying and stuff. And she did not allow the mom to stay, right? So I'm thinking, damn, what kind of fate am I going to be facing? You know, I don't want to leave. And then she passes away and I'm not here. And I get a phone call and I got to fucking show up. I, I want to be there the whole time, you know? For her last moments and uh but luckily i don't know if it was her or she just didn't show up and i was allowed to stay there and um there was a doctor that came in he's a hospice doctor and he came in and he goes come here let me show you something and he was showing me um he was showing me uh, you know the scans you know he showed me the scans um that uh showed you know her her um her 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 liver was completely covered with cancer uh her right lung was partially covered with cancer with little specks and stuff like that right so he was the only one that kept it real and showed me everything right so okay all right man and the night before when they said that she wasn't gonna make it he stopped by and i was talking to him and thinking this was going on okay and then, because the nurse ended up calling him, that way she, he could authorize all the medicine that's going to happen. So what they did is they ended up putting her on something where it's like a green button, where if you feel pain, you shoot that thing and it, and it works, right? Now, there was a bunch of cameras there watching, and they told me that I can't push the button. She has to push it. They said I can guide her finger to put it on there, and she has to push it. So I would kind of see her wake up a little bit. And I'm like, hey, you're in pain? She's like... A little bit. I'm like, okay, look, you got to push this button. And she'd be trying to push the button and she didn't have enough force. I'm like, keep going, keep going. And I would kind of put like the tip of her thumb so she could push down and boom. Then she'd get the shot, boom. And maybe like five minutes later, it'll start working, right? Um, so that's what we were doing. I felt like I had to be there. Even though she she was in charge of of the medicine to push it whenever she felt it, in order for her to be able to, to push that button... She has to be in a lot of pain where the medicine is, is, has worn off already, right? So, luckily, I was able to stay there. And then um, Sunday Sunday morning in the madrugada, I think like at 1 a.m., they sent us back up to a uh, regular room to the third floor again because she uh, beat the pneumonia. They were giving her antibiotics and all that. But when we first got there to the uh, ICU... There was, um, they wanted to insert some type of a fucking machine that goes all the way down your trachea and it forces air. Like, it's really uncomfortable and painful. Luckily, the woman who's in charge of that, the technician in charge of that, said, no, we're not going to do that. She doesn't need that, you know? Like, no, no, like, that's not, that's, that's not good, you know? And she was really nice, too. So she was an angel, too, man. And she even gave me her personal phone number. If I have any questions, we can give her a call, right? And she was arguing with the main doctor. Like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And in the end, it's up to us. You know what I mean? So my wife, she she was um, awake enough to know that she don't want that. Because, you know, she's she used to work with the, with the elderly people. So she knows what that does and how uncomfortable it is, right? So instead of that machine, they ended up hooking up another machine that also forces air and it helps you get better and that's what we ended up using in the end you know um and um so yeah it's sunday night and we get some new nurses some fucking white ladies they're kind of fucking they're they're scandalous you know because they're not they're not careful right so they had me leave the fucking room and 
they probably just fucking manhandled her because when I when I was allowed to go back into the room, she she was like she was in pain and shit, and I, I fucking pushed the button right away, right? And um, so that was fucked up, man, because like I couldn't be there, I couldn't do anything, you know. But once once that pain button hit, she was okay, you know. And um, so then I'm sleeping there. They allowed me to. And I'm sleeping. It's one in the morning. They wake me up. Hey, uh, Mr. Ramos, we're gonna we're gonna move you guys. So yeah, so then they're moving us to the third floor. And then there we had we had some all right nurses that they were they were like kind of whatever you know. It wasn't the same as the other wing. It was still on the third floor, but it was another wing, like on the opposite side. And as I'm walking, I see the homie Julian. He takes like a double take. He's all Jose. He's all you guys are here. Okay. He's like, can I go up there? And yeah, man. So he came and he even came and visited her and saw her, you know. And then uh, he's like, oh man, he was really, really nice, man. And then like the family was there and they saw that. Look, man, like this was just a nurse. He sees people, he sees hundreds of people, you know, if not thousands in a year, right? But he came back to go check on her. That's not his responsibility no more, right? So then uh, that was really cool. And then I think uh, the next morning, um, because the girl that was in the ICU, she gets off at 7 in the morning. So it was 7 in the morning. She shows up. She's like, oh, hi, Jose. She, like, snuck into the third floor to go see her. And so she's like, oh, how's she doing? And it was cool because that girl was like, hey, uh, let me see see all the pictures. Get get all the pictures that you have of her. I want to see them. I want to see pictures of you guys. But the time went too fast, and we ended up leaving, and I didn't even get a chance to see her. But she was that nice that she wanted to see the pictures and all that, right? But so she snuck in there. She, she was talking, how is she doing? I'm like, oh, she's doing better. And, oh, man, I'm, I'm glad to see that. And all of a sudden, the other nurses that actually work up there came. She's like, oh, you know what? I got to go. I can't even be here. And, oh, well, thank you very much. And so she came down to see her, you know, because they told her she wasn't going to make it. But let's get fighting, you know. And she, 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 was, uh, she, was, uh, she was alive, you know. She made it, right? So boom, it's it's uh, it's Monday morning now, you know, in the morning, and we're there, and so this whole time, uh, I uh, the doctor that I his name is Doctor Cortez, he's like, hey, so do you want to sign the paperwork for the um, for the um, cómo se llama esa cosa? Can't think of the name, man, but it's what it is is uh, hospice for hospice, right? So I signed it, you know. As soon as I signed it, right away, boom. They, they jumped into gear. They started, they were checking to see how often she's using the morphine. And there wasn't even morphine. It was like morphine though. And they just upped the dose. So they put the dose really, really high. And every single day, he just kept putting the dose higher and higher. So right away, I knew that that was a really, really good decision, you know, because right away I saw um, results, you know, where he was actually uh, doing changes, you know, and to, to make it better for her, right? So he's doing the changes, and the, so the, make, the medication is getting better. Uh, you know, I had friends and family uh, show up. Uh, the homie Eddie Munoz was there a lot. He showed up. He showed, he showed up with his wife, with his kids, with Steve, his, his brother. Um, my homie Nando showed up, and um, so they would bring me food, you know, because I, w- I wouldn't really eat, and then. Liz wasn't able to eat because she was so sedated, you know. She she couldn't eat, man. So, or even like water, I would give her a little bit of water, and and uh, so it sucked, man. She, you know, she couldn't eat, you know. And since she didn't eat, she didn't have any bowel movements. So, you know, like I was able to hear her stomach. It was like rumbling because she couldn't eat. It was it was fucked up, man. But this whole time, like her parents are coming too. Like every single day, they're coming, and 
and they're like praying, oh yeah, well, we, you know, we, oh, what if she gets better? And I said, no, man, well, this is hospice. They're gonna try to, they're gonna try to get her controlled here, and then keep her, keep her under control. And then once she stabilizes, then they'll be able to take her to an old folks' home. Um, and they can uh, to the old folks' home, and then they can um, take care of her. But preferably, there's one that I want that's across the street from my house. And my sister-in-law works there. So that's what we were shooting for, you know? So that was the plan. And her parents. And then one of my my friend's wife knows Liz, too. And she, unfortunately, she has cancer, too. But she has stage one in the breast cancer. But she wasn't... She didn't really know the actual... Um, the actual condition that Liz was in, you know what I mean? She's thinking like, oh, she, they can still do something and this and that, right? So, and that's what the doctors were doing too. We we're going to try to take her to City city of Hope, right? So everyone's like her parents, like they want her to stay alive and stuff like that, right? And I'm thinking like, no, man, like I'm the I'm the person who loves her the most in the world. No one ever loved, no one loves her more than me, not even her parents, nobody, right? And I don't want her to be here anymore. I don't want her to suffer anymore, I, you know? I don't want her to suffer. This is like it sucks, man. It's like it's like you're seeing you're seeing your 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 loved one, your your wife, man, your 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 world dying in front of you and suffering. And why would you want to keep that going, right? But out of ignorance, I guess the family members didn't know. But um, the older sister, she's really really cool, and she was. Um, intelligent and um, understanding i said look this is the situation the doctor showed me this is what she has um i know your parents wanted to keep going but i don't want her to be here anymore you know what i mean she's just going through pain you know what i mean like i'm uh i'm not selfish you know like i care about her more than i care about me i would you know what i mean like realistically i would die i would die for her you know i i, I even asked god like god take this away from her and give it to me you know i'll, I'll die you know i don't want to i don't want my wife to die man you know and, and and I'm a strong person. I'm a tough person. But secretively in my mind, I wanted my I want I wanted to die. I wanted to die first before my wife died because I didn't want to face. I don't want to face that. I don't. I don't. I don't want to ever have to encounter that. You know, losing my wife. So that's something that deep inside my mind, um, I I have. You know, where like fuck, like. I, I didn't want that I, 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 I wanted to die first Because I didn't want to Go through this pain You know And um, So yeah I would I would, uh, I would tell, tell the sister Keep her posted But the parents didn't really know What was going on And uh, her brother didn't want to Want to know the truth Or hear about it You know Like he's like Nah I don't even want to think about it like, Alright man So I, really, I wouldn't really talk to him about it But I would keep the older sister posted, like this is what's happening, and um, so yeah, we were there, and people people were coming and 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 um, visiting, and again, like other friends that she has, she has other friends that would show up that are coworkers, and um, keep in mind, day by day, um, she is declining, and um, she um, she was declining, and she was. Um, She was having to be like more sedated, you know. Um, they, they, they just kept upping the the medicine, so that doesn't allow her to be up and and talk, you know. I was the one that would talk to her, but it was like really really quick. I would ask her like, "Hey, uh, 
are you okay? Are you okay? Okay. Are you in pain? And then she'd kind of like, kind of like nod yes. Or she would tell me like a little bit, you know? And when she would say a little bit, I would push the button because once we went uh, upstairs, they said that if I wanted to, I could push the button, right? So as soon as she was able to, to talk to me and tell me that she felt a little bit of pain, then um, I, um, I would push the button, you know, because I didn't want her to feel any pain, right? Because even a little bit of pain is pain, right? So, um, so I'll take a quick piece real quick. So, uh, so she's declining, but um, her when her friend showed up, which is a um, really, really close friend from work, they would always go go eat, get Starbucks, and, you know, they're just buddies, you know? And um, she showed up with her husband, and um, I'm like, oh, look, so-and-so's here. And then, then all of a sudden, she woke up, you know? She woke up, and um, she was... Uh, she was happy and she was interacting and talking to her, you know. And man, it was man, it was it was cool, man. She was interacting and all that, you know. And even like me and my kids were there and we're talking to her and and she's listening, right? And we're being kind of loud, you know. Me and my daughter are loud and stuff, right? So all of a sudden she wakes up, she's like, hey, you guys are being loud. And she kind of makes her mean face. She had like a little line in the middle where both eyebrows were like touching. She was mad. You guys are loud. And then I think uh, my kids asked her if she was cold or if she wanted water or something. And she's like, que no, que no. Because the, um, the medication will kind of uh, make her kind of uh, groggy and kind of uh, grumpy a little bit, you know. She's like, you guys are loud. Like, stop yelling, right? So she was able to interact with us, you know. Like I said, whoever showed her love and like we're there, she would talk to us interact with us and and i knew she she was and i knew she was i knew she was listening you know but but some people that that would go let me turn this put my seat up, turn this chime up. but people that would go visit her like her uncles and stuff they would start crying because it would hurt them bad because they thought she was like in a vegetative state you know that's that that's what they thought that she was like a like a vegetable but no i said no no she's not a vegetable man she's just um relaxed because uh the medication but she can hear you that's fine so let me go back real quick. When we were in the ICU, everybody showed up, right? Because they thought that that, that, that was her, her last hour. So they showed up and one of her uncles uh, from the, her dad's side showed up. And um, they have a special bond because um, when they came from Mexico, Liz was like six months. And um, that particular uncle... He was carrying her while he was fucking running across the border and running in the fucking, you know, in, in the in the fucking mountains and shit in the hills, you know. So they have a special bond. They were always cool. Liz always, Liz always thought he was cool and he was nice, right? So he shows up and I tell her, hey, Liz, your Theo is here. And then he started talking, right? But she was sedated and I know she was trying to fight it. She was trying to fight it, right? So he's in there and he's like man he's like you know what he's like no he's like, i can't do this anymore he like he like turned around he like walked away like, i can't do this no 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 hold on hold on she can hear you watch come here and then all of a sudden boom she she, she wakes up and she opens her eyes she's like smiling and he starts holding her hand it, it was beautiful man it was beautiful man and he, he was he started crying he was holding her hand and she she was really happy she had a smile you know and like she fought it she fought the medication she woke up and there he was talking to her you know so that was cool i'm like no nah, man she's fine i mean i mean 
she's not in a coma, you know, she's just, she's just really sedated, but she could listen to you, you talk to her, man, she could hear you, and then he was cool, then he left, you know, um, so that was a really special moment, and then I think once we're in the, th- once we're in the third floor, he showed up too again, and she would interact with him, and uh, so maybe it's like Thursday or Wednesday, right, and then uh, my, my homie Eddie showed up like three days in a row, and he lives, he, he lived far, like in Paramount, you know, and he, he would show up, and he bought me some teriyaki chicken and and I ate it. it was delicious. I kept saying, fuck, this is good, fuck, this is good, like four or five times. It was him and his son. I said, hey, man, you hear me saying this? That means it's bomb, dog, because if I keep saying it like this, my, that's what my, my mind keeps thinking that it's bomb, you know? So this is what's happening. Dude, the food is bomb. Where'd you guys get it at? Oh, I don't know the name, but it's right here by Pyology. So right away, I looked it up and I found it, right? So, okay, cool, man. Thanks. Th- thanks, you know? And so I, I found that place now. And, uh, then he showed up with his wife, uh, I think, uh, Thursday night or Friday night. It could have been, I don't remember what night it was, but he showed up with his wife and they bought her, they bought, oh, it was, it was Wednesday night, I think. And they bought her, uh, Liz flowers, you know, and, um, they bought her flowers and they showed up and, and Liz was still kind of, at that time, she was already like really, really sedated, man. Cause every single day that goes by, they keep upping the dose, you know, to where, you, she's, she's not even pushing the button and she's just constantly getting a, 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 a flow of, of, of milligrams right boom of what she's got to have right to keep her really really calm and, and comfortable so she has no pain and so she, they show up and um, she knows they're there because we're talking and I go uh, well, Liz Liz um, Eddie's here and she opened her eyes I'm like, and his wife is here and she started smiling like big old smile because I had her sitting up the whole time kind of you know like like at a 40 she like she liked being at a 45 degree angle so she was a 45 degree angle and so she, boom she wakes up and Eddie's wife stands up starts holding her hand they starts talking Liz told her thank you for the flowers I'm gonna look at bunch of flowers she's like thank you for the flowers thank you for like you know like, like she woke up you know but before that her parents were were up there it would be her parents and like her little sisters would show up and she'd be like, whatever, you know, like for reals, man. She would be like, whatever. And, uh, but when, like I said, when people that showed her love showed up, she would wake up. And so, yeah, she was interacting with them. So I'm thankful that she was able to thank them and inter- interact with them, you know. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and then, and then what I would do at nighttime is uh, the last visit- visitation is eight o'clock. So I told my brother, hey, man. You want to come down and kick it with me? Like a couple hours? I think I think for like three days I told him to come down. So he would come and he, he would sneak in. And then once he's once you're up there, I would just close the door. And then the nurses were cool. They wouldn't say nothing that it was me and him, you know. He'd kick it to like 12 or 11. And then one day, I think I think on, on, a, on a Thursday, Thursday night going into Friday morning, he kicked it to like one in the morning, I think, or two, and, and I showed him the movies that I like, you know, like analyze this. We were watching that on my, on my tablet. In the whole time, we're right there, you know, with Liz taking care of her, watching her, you know, and um, so boom, and then, um, so then he, then Friday night he came, Friday night going into Saturday morning he came too. I said, hey, come down, man. And the night before that, they wouldn't let him in, so he went through the ICU. And he had a pass, and he said, oh, I'm going to drop this off to my brother. And they let him in, and he came, right? And then I let him in there, and the nurses weren't saying nothing, you know? So then um, it was, uh, yeah, so Friday night, going into Saturday night, he stays there. For some reason, he just stayed, you know? And I stayed, and we're just talking, you know, and we're keeping an eye on Liz. And 
we had a little movie in the background and we're watching like this fool and like you know and she's there and that night it was maybe around between two and four she was really struggling man like with coffee like breathing like coughing and taking really deep breaths and when the whole time that she was in that room there's no uh monitor so i can see what's going on you know like i don't know what's going on i don't know what her heart rate is and none of that so what i did was i ended up buying one of those things that people use when they go jogging you clip it on your finger and it tells you your oxygen level it tells you your heartbeat and that's what i would do and it has an app with a bluetooth so i would check it every single day throughout the day i'm checking it right that night i, I kept checking it because and the heart rate was going up it was like 170 it would drop to 140 then it would drop to 80 and we have we still have this machine on there that's kind of forcing air into the tr into the, the little um bronchi the little little veins that kind of opens up the veins right so i'm noticing that her her heart rate is like yo-yoing up and down up and down right and i'm like you know what fuck this machine this fucking machine is this machine is keeping her alive and it's like it's like a yo-yo effect so i told my brother hey i'm gonna disconnect this shit and put the regular one and he got he, he got scared because he thought that i can get in trouble but no realistically i could just take it off so i'm like you know what fuck it go call them real quick and when they came then i switched it to the regular one and she kept breathing on her own even like higher like at 97 percent oxygen she's breathing on her own and then uh they noticed that she was kind of like in a lot of pain so they ended up putting the dose up higher and there was some fool that was training I'm like what the fuck why is this fool that's training with us you know but the whole the whole time he had one of the main nurses with him so she didn't say nothing you know and um once from like between two and four it was kind of rough but then after like four they gave her that strong strong medicine and she was just sleeping you know i even changed her angle um because uh, that's what the other nurse taught me to to elevate her right side because her right side wasn't as good but the left side was good and that's what i would do to keep her comfortable and uh, so yeah in between like four and four and five five thirty she's good right and we're, my me and my brother keep in mind are not sleeping he goes, Jose, go ahead and sleep. I'm like, nah, I can't. I'm, I'm going to fucking stay up. And he was up too. So we're up, man, trying to trying to watch different things, eating little snacks and stuff, right? And they're cool. They kept bringing us like little Shasta, mini Shasta Colas to stay up. And my, my, my brother's drinking coffee. And uh, at around 6.49, 6.49 in the morning, uh, I, I, I wake up and... Uh, no, I mean, I don't want to wake up. I, I stand up. I stand up and I go use the restroom. The restroom is inside the, inside the room. I, I get up to take a leak and I come out real quick, like a matter of seconds, right? And I come out and, and I look at my brother. I, say, I tell him something real quick. Hey, and I look over at Liz and I, I see her, her stomach is not moving. Her chest is not moving anymore, right? So I go up to her. I start checking her, her, her neck. I don't feel anything. So when I plug in the little machine again, and the little sensor for the finger, is, it's, it's showing that there's a pulse. I'm like, ah, oh, this is crazy. It shows there's a pulse, 89, right? Like, wow, this is weird. And I was checking him, like, nah, she's not breathing. And my, my brother, right away, he ran out and he called a nurse. And the nurse had that uh, that machine that checks the blood pressure. So they, they bought that in there. They plugged it in and the machine looks like it, it's showing a reading. It's, it's actually, you know, reading and there's, there's, there's pressure, right? And then, so then, but but we didn't get a reading. So then they reset it again, and and again, it's like reading something. All of a sudden, it just it just shows question marks, and then that's when I knew officially. Okay, you know, she passed away. You know, and um, it's crazy though because uh, 
there's a nurse that had told me, like, hey, uh, when you go to the restroom, go quick. Because sometimes when you go to the restroom, they, they wait till you go to the restroom and they pass away. But my brother was there the whole time and she didn't take, like, a last breath and nothing like that. It was just um, her heart just stopped beating, you know what I mean? Because um, there's so much pain, you know. And then the cancer was kind of touching her heart. And uh, right away, naturally, I started fucking crying, you know, like like crazy and shit, you know. I mean, my brother was crying and shit. And fucking, uh, so it was 6.50, I called my kids up. And I said, hey, Charlie's gonna be Charlie's gonna be there at 7.30. He's gonna go right now, right? So boom, Charlie goes. And right away, I started taking pictures of the, of the room. I was taking pictures of her too, which nobody's gonna see. I don't even show them to my kids, you know what I mean? Because that's like, that's, um, can't think of the word um it's it's just for me you know what i mean there's nothing that no one can see but the reason why i took them is because sometimes when you take pictures like that i was taking pictures of the ceiling all around sometimes you can see something or you can see them in there you know once you slow down the picture it was a bunch of live pictures so i have them and uh i haven't really tried analyzing them yet but i'll end up analyzing them later you know but i took pictures and stuff and while, while she was there and alive and fine um I uh, well even before that I said hey because uh, there's a ladybug tattoo that she had on her on her left shoulder and but people would always say oh like it was probably like the size of a of a of a quarter maybe but a, but an oval hey is that from a gang she got tired of people saying she was from a gang and then uh, when we were living with my mom back in the day she kind of said that when my wife had a black heart so she's like fuck it I'm gonna run with that shit she's like you know what just turn it into a heart so I ended up drawing the other the other round of the heart you know and boom i tatted it on her you know a long time ago fuck probably like maybe like more than 10 years ago i did it for her it was just freehand you know i could have just drawn a heart and put the pattern on her but i ended up using the ladybug oval because it was at an angle too and then i turned it into a heart and uh so she had that and i was gonna have her do it on me you know on my shoulder también but um, with the pain, she wasn't able to do it no more, you know. So I didn't even ask her. But um, there was like, I, I took a picture of her shoulder and I put my thumb against it as reference, you know, for size. And um, I was looking around and there was like a little, um, it looks like a size of a business card, but it's actually like a little paper ruler in millimeters. So I grabbed that and I was taking pictures of her tattoo and with the millimeters, that way I can take a, uh, uh, like when I print it out, I just hold the same little ruler with me and as long as it lines up with that one then it's the right size right so that's what i ended up doing um and then also she had a birthmark she has a birthmark in her on her right hand um it was like it was like an inch squared maybe almost looked like the united states of america a little bit actually and uh, it's a brown birthmark it wasn't even the dark like like a like a light between light and dark brown right in the middle and uh so i did the same thing i took i put the ruler next to it but my, my daughter she doesn't know that i did that that i had the exact size but she wants to get that same that same birthmark she wants to get it on her her hand too as a tattoo you know what i mean i'm kind of like nah i don't get it get it somewhere else but i mean that's that's what she wants to remember her mom and people are going to think it's a birthmark too. You know what I mean? Or they ask her, like, you know, oh, what is that? Is that a tattoo? Yeah, it's a tattoo. What is it? Oh, my mom's birthmark. She had it in the same place. You know what I mean? And um, so it's special. You know what I mean? So, like, if she wants to get it, she's 18 already. I'll probably end up doing it for her. 
and it's special and it's like it's not is it she's not gonna get discriminated because they're gonna think they're gonna think it's a birthmark you know what i mean um so yeah uh that and then like she passed away on the 15th and on the 20th i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna get that tattoo i was gonna get on my shoulder i said nah you know what i'm gonna put that on behind my ear or my neck is that so i called up the homie marvelous because he was doing a live and on the live, he's hey man, if you guys get a, need a tattoo done, let me know. Hit me up, right? So then, I ended up right when he was gonna finish his 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 live. I put hey man, check your DM, and he checked it. And I put hey man, my lady passed away. He's oh man, call me, call me, call me, and I called him up. Hey, he's oh man, I'm sorry, bro. Did you tell me? Yeah, I told you. I told you she, she had cancer, but you're you're busy, you know. I, it's all good. Oh, I'm sorry, dog. I'm sorry. Nah, nah, it's cool, dog. No, but I want to get a little tattoo, dog. I already got the pattern. I'll get go get the pattern done. It's a little, little small, little tattoo, dog. I want to get it done. Like, I'll be there like in an hour. All right, all right, bro. And I've been meaning to to, to meet up with him and shit because I was gonna take him some honeycomb because he's never eaten honeycomb and shit. So I want to go. I took a shower. I want to go buy a little honeycomb. And luego, I want to go get the printout of the the pattern and then I, sh- I went with my daughter. And boom, he did the tattoo real quick. And um, he don't want to charge me, you know. Because it's a little tattoo, you know. I mean, I wouldn't have charged either. And then because of what it means, too, you know, it's a memorial tattoo. Yeah, but I, I shot him like 30 bucks, you know, for his supplies. And you know what I mean? It was like in 10 minutes. We we're done in 10 minutes, you know. But it was cool. I got that done, you know. So I have that now, you know, every time I I see it, you know. I'm, I'm always thinking about it, but, you know, we got the same tattoo, you know. And then uh, he did a really good job. I said, I said, I said, don't fix it. Do it exactly how it is with the little squiggly line that I did. I want it the same. And, yeah, man, I... I got a picture of her shoulder and my neck, and I put them together. It's the same exact thing. It looks exactly the same. Um, it's crazy, though, because since the sun's been hitting it, it's kind of turning green. That's what's going to happen, you know. But on hers, the sun wouldn't really hit it, so it's black, black. Because I used some pitch, pitch black ink on that. So it was still black, you know, till up and, you know, till the end, you know. Forever it was black. Um, so that day on the 15th... Um, I call homegirl Deanna. She's uh, my homie's uh, slicks uh, uh, lady. She comes. She she shows up, man. She goes through the ER. She goes up. She's like, my sister's up there. She, as soon as she shows up, she starts kissing Liz's hand, her cheek, her forehead. You know what I mean? Like, she's a real fucking... She's down as fuck, you know? And because uh, she knew Liz for all those years and shit, you know? We, like, double date and go places and shit, you know? And then... When Liz was there, she's like, man, she's like, we're supposed to go double date, Liz. You know, like, she was cool, you know. And then she was there for my daughter because she, she lost her mom, too, when she was, like, 20 out of cancer, the same shit, right? So she knows that she was like, I know exactly what you're feeling. She's like, look, I, I can never be what your mom was, man. Your mom your mom is, she's like, I'm nothing compared to your mom, you know what I mean? She's, like, different, you know, like, but, uh, but I'll be here, you know. If you need any help, call me, someone to talk to, like, fuck, yeah, you know. And then they... And then after that, she ended up leaving. I said, all right. And they told us, hey, um, you, you want to do a viewing? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So they did a viewing downstairs for like two hours. And we, um, so before that, I, I wanted to go home. So we went home real quick because I thought it was going to take like an hour. So we go home and uh, I want to go get me a fucking uh, Alenio so I could fucking, because I wanted to feel, you know, that shit makes you feel. It makes you, when you're happy, you're happy when you're sad, right? So boom, I did that. And then uh, when I got there real quick, I, they, they called me, like, hey, she's ready to go. So I sent my kids and my brother down there. Boom, go, go. I sent my kids down there. And my brother, I think, we just left the fucking dogs in the car real quick. So I sent them down there. 
and um and uh then and i was blazing it in the meantime and then like okay mr ramos get your party ready bam they let, they let like 10 of us at, at a time and I, t- I called my homie psycho he knew about it eddie muñoz and um i guess he was debating you know he was talking to the other homie like hey what do you think he's like i want to go but uh it's his family he's like nah and the homie goes nah dog you're you're his family too dog you're his fucking family you you have to be there so he fucking drove down with his wife man and uh we were down there and like the first hour i was just crying man i just allowed myself to cry and be vulnerable and i just put on like the music that she had on the playlist and i was fucking crying the music was helping me cry and then i started throwing on some sad music from chavela vargas like llorona and donde estas corazon paloma negra like man i was just crying man i was crying so much that like um my stomach was like hurting my sides were hurting you know and, and i was like just bent in half you know what i mean and uh she was right there laid out in front of me i remember i was looking at her and uh she was already cold by that time you know because we want to we were up there she was cold you know um and um i remember i seen her you know and i was what i was worried about she was she was gonna be too skinny i wasn't gonna do a i wasn't gonna do an open casket if you know she would have been too too skinny but i seen her man she looked she looked better you know, in death than how she was when she was alive, when she was sleeping. Because even though she was sleeping, she looked like she was in pain, you know. Um, but, yeah, when she passed away, uh, uh, I closed her eyes, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, the kids, it, 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 it sucked, man. The kids, too, you know. But So she was down there, and uh, I'm like, man, I'm like, you're beautiful even in death. Even in death, you're beautiful, you know. And um, her parents were there, too, you know. And uh, I was right there in front of the... In front of her you know and she's laid out in front of me her head's on my right side and her legs are on the on my left side you know and uh right there in front of me and you know they have her like on a bed but it's like a high bed and so uh she's right there we're like in a little room there's like 10 of us in there and there was like rotating and stuff and um so i got the music and i got it in my, in my little in my little shirt pocket right and i'm just listening to music and at first i'm like looking at her you know and i look up I look up to the ceiling and I, and, I, and I ask God why like why is this why is this happening like what did I do like what am I paying for you know like why, why is this happening to me God like why you know and uh, my son was there with me I'm like come here man and I'm saying, like fuck come on I wish this was a fucking nightmare man this is a fucking nightmare we're gonna wake up man you know like fuck I, I wish this is a fucking bad fucking nightmare we're gonna wake up right now dude and uh Fucking, uh, my son's right there with me, and he's crying. Hey, cry, man, cry, let it, let it out, man. It's okay, man. You can cry, let it all out, man. You're crying for your mom, you know. And all of a sudden, when I was asking God, why is this happening? All of a sudden, I'm feeling this like peace and like this pain, and like I want more of the pain, right? And all of a sudden, I told God, okay, I understand why, God, you know. And I was thank, I was thanking God for this pain. I was thanking God for allowing me to feel all this pain, right? And what I realized is that, um, like, I would say a week or two before that, we were, I don't know if we went to church or we saw it at home, right? But we were all watching it together, and they were talking about it's better to be, it's better to be in the house of mourning than to be in the house of mirth. And what that means is better to be in the house where you're mourning and being sad. It's better to be sad than to be happy and partying, right? And that's when I realized that that is, that is 100% true because... Um, Mourning for somebody is way more powerful than love. It's it's love plus more, like, you know, because, like, 
you're crying because this person showed you love. They were real to you. You shared love with them. And you crying for them is so beautiful because you're really hurting because they died because it really meant something to you. So mourning, I discovered, is more powerful than love. And you're all going to find this out one day because we're all going to die, right? Some people don't like to talk about that, but we're all going to die, man. You know, so I realize that and I look like a crazy person because I'm thanking God. Thank you, God, for letting me feel this this pain. I want to feel all the, every last drop of this pain. I want to feel it right. Equal la mota, I'm like feeling more like deep, you know, like and I'm talking deep and I'm like, thank you, God, for allowing me, allowing me to express myself. Right now, my heart is speaking. I'm speaking through my my heart is speaking right now. Thank you, God, for allowing me to 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 communicate, to explain what I'm feeling. Right, and I'm fucking crying like fucking hard. And every time that I'm crying like that, uh, like a fucking painful cry, like seconds after, boom, the whole room is crying. You know, and like I wasn't trying to do that, but that's what was happening because they were able to feel my fucking pain. Right, and um, I can describe it as. Uh, as an orchestra of pain and I was conducting this orchestra of pain you know um, they were they would respond to my pain right and um, it was beautiful man it was it was beautiful for like an hour I was like that just crying you know and then her parents came and when her parents came I kind of sat to the side right and I'm talking to my kids and stuff and so I'm just there, you know, and, and I, after that hour, I felt peaceful. I felt peaceful, you know. Um, um, I felt at peace, you know. Um, it's indescribable, man. But I was able to speak about what it was I was feeling, you know, at the time. But it, it was it was beautiful, man. Um, and um, so then towards the end, they said, okay, well... I said, oh, I think they ended up giving us like another half hour after. Oh, you know what? You guys should have another half hour. And then, boom, I just throw on some sad, sad music. And I was just crying. And then uh, me and her mom were up there, right? And all of a sudden, I'm touching Liz. And she's warm. She's not cold anymore. She's warm, right? And then her mom's touching her. And she's warm. So I think Liz was allowing. She went back in there. and was, Or I don't know what it was. But she was allowing us to feel her. It was me and her, her, her mom, you know, like I'm her husband. That's her mom. And we're touching her and she feels warm. And like, look, I'm not crazy. And the mom's like, yeah, yeah, she feels warm. And um, so, yeah, my daughter was there too. I was like, hey, just cry. Let it out, guys, you know. And they were right there with me and we we're crying and shit, right? And then and then, um, then it was over. And then all of a sudden the family just, boom, disperses, right? Boom, they leave. And so we all leave, you know. My, my kids kind of wave at them. They don't, they don't respond. Fuck it. We just kept going. And then. Uh, my brother dropped us off at home, I think, and we don't want to go home, right? So I think we want to go eat food. We want to go eat um, that place that the homie uh, got me, the teriyaki, the Taisho. We ended up going to go eat that, and um, we didn't want to. I don't want to fucking go home, you know. And I think I, had, I ended up taking my my brother ended up going home, and we got we got our car. We're just driving around, you know, and. Um, we went to, I said, you know what, fuck it, let's go to Roosevelt. So we got some bread and went to Roosevelt, we just kicked it right there, you know, because we spent a lot of time there, you know. And what I haven't told you guys is um, right there where I recorded Roosevelt, me and Liz used to go there a lot in that little playground and kick it there. And 
we used to park right there and make out. We used to sit right there in, in that same the same area where the where the where the table is not the same table of course. This is like twenty something years ago, twenty five years ago, twenty twenty three years ago, uh, longer than that. Yeah, like twenty five, twenty four years ago, and uh, that area is very special because we used to fucking hang out there too, you know. So. I haven't even talked about that, but I'll talk about that when I release an episode. But right here, I'm going deep into, uh, you know, what happened, you know? Like, I don't think I'm going to go that, that deep into into it uh, when I do the, the regular episode, which I got to do right now. I'm doing this by myself. It's a lot easier. I told my kids I wanted to include them when we come back. So hopefully they're up to it, you know? But, um, and so I didn't want to go home, you know? And uh, I called the homegrown um, D's. And uh, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm over here, fucking, I'm over here, uh, so-and-so's place. And uh, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, all right, why, what's up? I'm like, nah, you know, I'm, uh, I just, we don't want to go home, you know. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm over here. I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. And um, so I said, you know what? Let me call my homie, my homie, Eddie. And so I called him up and... He was off on vacation. So he's like, yeah, yeah, come down, dog. I'm like, yeah, we don't want to go home, dog. So we ended up showing up at his house like at 8 o'clock. And I bought all kinds of carne and shit. So we could barbecue. And we're just, we weren't partying. We were just barbecuing, you know. So we're barbecuing. He put a little bonfire. And I was there till like 4 in the morning, dude. Till 4 in the morning, you know. Um, and we were just talking, you know. And like talking about, you know, he's like, and they're cool. Like, hey, how do you feel, man? Like, you know, how do you feel? You feel good? Are you good? You know, like that. Just talking to me. And uh, the, his kids are cool as fuck too. They're talking to my kids, you know. And it just felt good. It just felt comfortable being there, you know. I I I kind of regret. Um, I kind of regret um, uh, staying there that late though because I kind of felt that I should have went home. Um, because when we had, oh no 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 not, not really. I, but no no I don't I don't regret that. Uh, well, the one I do regret is when we went to the funeral. Uh, I wanted to go home because, because I know at the at the funeral I know I know that Liz was there, so I kind of felt that I should go home. That way she goes to visit me at home. You know what I mean? But we don't know if that's for sure what was going to happen because when my dad died um, after the funeral, he um, he visited me. I didn't see him physically, but he touched my arm and um, he touched my arm and. Um, there was like a flying orb and like lights flying towards me, you know? So I kind of felt that maybe that would happen with Liz, but so far I haven't had a dream. I haven't had a, a vision. I haven't had her visit me yet, you know, so far, you know? And that leads me to believe that that's because she she isn't here anymore. She She's in heaven, you know? And I, and I truly believe that she's in heaven. You know, if there is... If you do go to heaven right away, and before you get judged, I, I I truly believe that she is because not only not only did did she have lots of faith, and um, so she had lots of faith, and she um, accepted God into her life, and and because um, that's the way that's the way to go to heaven is you have to repent, you have to have faith, and know that Jesus. Christ died for us and for our sins and if you believe that that's what it says then you're you're born again right so she believed that and it says that you don't go to heaven based on um 
on what you do uh, uh, on your um, you don't go based on your actions um, is what it says uh, but in the Catholic religion they believe that it is, it is based on your actions but I'm thinking either way she is um, either way she is uh, she's, she's done both you know her actions and her faith um, will get her there you know her, her actions and her faith will get her there and so that's what I believe that she, that she is there you know that's why I haven't seen her I haven't had no no encounter nothing like that you know and um, that's what I strongly believe uh, myself you know um, so yeah then after that we ended up having the the funeral, I, I set it up for the uh, for the 30th, which was two weeks after her passing. And um, it was at the same place that we had the funeral for my dad, you know, unfortunately, you know, and Liz was there at that funeral. She even took a picture of me and my brother uh, from a corner of that inside that fucking that room, you know. I ended up using them and I told myself... And my brother that um, next time that we need to use that type of service that I was going to hire them. I didn't think it was going to be this soon. You know, it was too fucking soon, too fucking close. Um, so that's what we used. Um, and uh, I was looking for a dress before. Uh, so I, I went looking for dresses and stuff. And I, I, I ordered a bunch of dresses from um, from Amazon as well, and um, I, I didn't like them, so I, I still have to return them too. I have them there. Uh, I ordered maybe like two or three dresses for her, but I, but I don't like them when they came in. But um, we had gone to my brother's house in Almani, and then we were we were driving around, and we we're about to leave, and um, I seen like a little girl. I seen four people on, on horses. There was three men and a little girl. And um, she was wearing a fucking a, 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 a dress. It was a, a charra dress. It was beautiful, right? And then I had a vision that, oh, this, that's what I should get her is a, a, a Mexican dress, right? So we ended up going back. Charlie goes, go back, go back. Fuck it. So I went back and they're all scared because I was talking to them through the car. So I ended up pulling over in front of them and I jumped out. I said, hey, that's a badass dress. You know, like, where, you know, where did you get it? And he's, oh, that dress is uh, custom made. They cost like 500 but um, she got it made for 200 And okay, well, but they didn't even give me the fucking name or nothing like that, you know. But that gave me the idea to try to find her that. So I kept looking for that that kind of dress, and I couldn't find it. But I did end up finding like a Mexican dress, which is a Katrina dress that I liked. Because I, look, I looked online. Um, and I, I looked online and um, on uh, OfferUp. And there's some lady that makes them and sells them and shit. And it was pretty inexpensive. It was only like one fifty, and uh, then she said she only had one left, and it was a one size. I said, "No, I can't have it be a one size. It's gotta be a small." My wife is, is, is small, petite, you know. So I said, "Oh, she said, oh, I can have it to you by Wednesday." I'm like, "You know what? I need it. I need it as soon as possible, because I need to go turn those the clothing in so they can." They can well, it's for my wife. It's for it's for a funeral, and then I guess that touched their heart. So right away. They had it from one day to the next. They had it ready on a, on a on a Monday, and I picked it up on a Tuesday. And and to show them that I was serious, they wanted twenty bucks only. I gave them fifty, so I gave them fifty. Then I just paid them a hundred when when they were done. And um, it was a beautiful dress, like a lot of, a lot of lace and stuff. 
They also had the dress, but it had a bunch of like rhinestones and shit like that. And my wife hated that shit and shiny shit, right? So I said, I don't want none of that shiny stuff. I just want it to be regular, plain white. And uh, so, yeah, she ended, she ended up wearing that uh, the day of. And uh, I made sure my kids my, I made sure my kids look sharp, too. You know, my my son, I got him a, a, a fitted uh, um, a fitted suit in downtown L.A. It was like 150. It came up to like 160. Um, and then, um, my daughter, I made sure she, her, she looked cool too, you know, she got like a, like a 50s style, like black dress. We just looked at funeral dresses and that one came up and it was a nice dress, like, you know, like a, like a 50s style dress. And then I said, Hey, look, let's get you a, let's get you this little hat. And it comes with a mesh that looks nice. It's classy, you know, it's from the 50s. That's what, that's what people wear at funerals. And that's just the old school style. Luckily she liked it. So I got her that, uh. And then for shoes, we couldn't find her any shoes, and she um, she was she found some of Liz's shoes, but they were like high heels, so she really couldn't walk in them that good. So she ended up saying, "Well, you know what? I want some Mary Janes, uh, which are the the Doc Martens." So we were looking for them, and my niece works works at a shoe store, and my, that my and my son works there too. So she told her that she was looking for them. So we drove over there. She tried them on, but didn't have her size, so. They ended up ordering them, and then I was supposed to pay for them like on a Monday, like on a like on a Tuesday or something like that. And um, my niece actually surprised her and paid for them, so she paid for her my daughter's shoes and stuff. So she had the shoes, um, and then we got her like some fishnet stockings, but like the ones with the with the thinner holes, not the big big holes. So yeah, my kids look badass, man. And um, I had a, a blazer um, that I wore in January for my dad's funeral and I used to I used to weigh 285 at that time um and then I ended up going back to 300 in April and then when I was eating with Liz there's no meat mainly vegetables and I was kind of watching what I was eating um I was at a 278 um at the start of October and then um after being in the hospital I dropped down to 270 so I was 270 and um, I tried that blazer and it was kind of big and I don't want to buy a new one because a brand new one, if you don't buy it from a, a, like, like a fucking uh, Burlington Coal Factory, they're about 300, you know, and that's just for like a regular brand and shit. So uh, like a Van Houston or whatever. But if you buy them from there, they're about 80 bucks. I got lucky when I bought mine, it was on clearance. I only paid like 30 bucks, right? So I already paid half, half. I paid like a quarter of what they really cost. Actually, no, way less than that. So I said, fuck, what do I do? And what I ended up doing is, um, where I got my, my, my son's suit, across the street, there's a tailor. And they only charge you five bucks to fix the pants, right? So what I ended up doing is, uh, I ended up going over there and I got I got the, uh, the blazer. I got it tailored. So I made the sleeves skinnier. And then they made, they took a lot of material from like the stomach area. You know, because I have that V-shape, so they ended up making it like that, and that should fit like a fucking glove. So I wanted to make sure that we looked the best that we could look ever, you know, because this is the last time we're going to see my wife, and it's like a really, really big event. So it was it was for her, you know. Um, and I'm glad that we were able to capture that because a lot of people told me, hey, man, you, you guys looked good. Did you guys take a picture? I'm like, you know what? I wanted to, but it kind of didn't feel right. You know what I mean? Um but yeah, she's like, yeah, you guys look good. The kids look good. And that's what I was telling the kids. Like, you know, like, 
this is what I envisioned that I wanted you guys to look the best, you know, because for your mom, you know, um, and it was cool. We're in all, we were in all, all black. And then I ended up ordering some, usually what I do is I make the flowers, but I ended up buying them this time. I bought little flowers that you put on, on a hair, on your hair, like for the women, like a white, white roses. And I had already ordered some clips back in January where they're like, it's like a lapel clip. It's like a thick needle and it's got, um, Let's, let's say picture a long, thick needle that's about four inches, and it's a thick needle with a cap at the end. And at the top of the needle, it's got, let's say, like a, a round copper circle about the size of a fucking nickel. And that's where you super glue the flower, and it goes across your lapel. So I had those clips, and so I had ordered like six roses, and I converted them into clips. Um, and uh, one of them, obviously... I didn't do anything to because I just left it as a hair clip and we, we ended up when we got there we put it on Liz's hair I put it on her hair on her side and then the other ones I gave uh, to my my kids and I each had one and then I gave one to my mother-in-law my, I was supposed to give one to my brother-in-law but we didn't have enough so yeah yeah kind of kind of sad you know or disappointed because I thought I had more than that but I didn't um, so yeah it was it was it was and it was a beautiful ceremony I had my uh my homeboy that I known for like twenty something years when I used to work uh, at Craig and Auto Parts, he was a manager. He's a pastor and he he knew Liz, so he spoke for a good like half an hour, forty five minutes, and then after that, he called me up. I don't really have anything written down. I just had a couple of bullet points, and I was, I was just speaking from the heart, you know. And um, there was mariachi too um, between five and six. Every, it, everything went by so fast because there was events, you know. We had a homegirl, uh, Melissa Garule, from high, high school. She's about Liz's age. She, she, was, she knew both of us. She offered to cater, so she took uh, uh, churros. And then the homie um, from fucking, um, the homie from, from Mindbus, his girlfriend, um, she, um, Amber, she, her family owns uh, Orchateria uh, in Paramount. So I said, hey, can you guys, uh, can I buy some coffee off you, like, real cheap? Like, no, no, we'll take some. And then, so they ended up bringing coffee, and they ended up taking este, uh, churros. So we had a gang of churros, and then I took, uh, like, 100 conchas and sodas. And so it was cool, man. And the, and the mariachi, um, I was looking for one, and I'm thinking, like, prices from, like, 20 years ago. And my wife says, man, you think those prices are from 20 years ago, you know? So... No, nah, it wasn't 300. It's like five something and shit. And I was trying to look for that. And the homie Shurik goes, hey, dog, just give me 250, fool. I'll put the rest. So I shot him 350. He's like, nah, nah, this is too much, fool. And then he get, he shot me 100. He shot me 100 back, you know, because um, I, I guess I gave him too much. So uh, he, he paid for the rest and they showed up. And man, it was beautiful. They played for an exact hour and they played nice and loud. And it, it was beautiful, like really, really sharp fucking Everybody was good, really good musicians and shit, singers, and uh, I was even throwing songs at them, and they're just they were playing them and shit, you know. Like I like uh, Mi Tesoro, I like that song Mi Tesoro, Hermoso Cariño. Those songs, even when she was alive, just me singing them, I can't sing it, I can't sing them because it's like I get so emotional about the words because that's how I really feel about her, you know. Like Mi Tesoro, es Mi Tesoro, like por eso quiero gritarle a todo el mundo que tú eres Mi Tesoro, like that shit, like damn, you know. Hermoso cariño, um, you know, it says, um, hermoso cariño, que, que Dios ha mandado nomás para mí, you know, that's for me only, you know, like, man, like, beautiful songs, man, beautiful songs. Um, 
So yeah, man. And then after that, we ended up going to to the homie Eddie's house. Um, we showed up at his house uh, around ten, I think, and we stayed till about uh, what time did we stay? I think till like three, man, three or four. También otra vez. We we stay there late, you know. And they're cool, though, man, because they're they're uh, they're inviting, you know, like hey, come down, you know. And then they invited us to uh, to Thanksgiving, so I'm gonna go to that, you know, hopefully. And, you know, the homie Eddie gives me uh, advice, too, you know. Like, hey, you should have your son look for a job, get his license, you know, shit like that. It doesn't bug me because that's good, you know. That's, like, that's looking out for me. But, yeah, I started working on Monday. And uh, maybe yesterday I got I got kind of sad. But it was at home, though, when I got home. Este, um, I was looking at pictures and just posting stuff. and But I just, like, you know, I reassured people, like, look, like, uh Today I'm sad, but I'm okay. Like, you know, know that I'm okay. Just keep praying for me and my family so we can keep getting the strength that that God, you know. And uh, two people have told me, like, back to back. The homie Eddie's wife and someone else had told me, like, hey, you know what? Uh, try not to cry all crazy because when you cry all crazy like that, like, you're not letting them rest. You know what I mean? And you're, like, calling them and stuff, you know. So, so don't do that, you know. At the same time, I don't want to forget her, you know. But uh, if I see a picture... You know, I'll, I'll get memories, you know, and I'll get kind of sad and shit. And a little tear will come out. Um, like today, today too, I was talking to the kids about, you know, your mom, your mom, your mom's special, you know. And I was telling them like memories and like the stuff that I wrote down. And I was reading it back to them and I started crying and shit. But um, it wasn't like un- uncontrollably, you know what I mean? But it was like, it's still fresh, man, you know. Um, right now it's, uh, it, what is it, like fucking 445 uh, Saturday morning and uh so today today is marks exactly a month when you when you base it on on weeks you know so it's been four weeks it happened on a saturday that it happened you know and um it's still it's still hard you know but um i know that she wouldn't want us to be sad you know she i know i know where she's at there's no more pain there's none of that you know um there's a homie that follows me and uh, I service I service uh, the location where he works at. And before she passed away, the homie he's, he had to get a hold of me. He got a hold of me. He's like, hey man, call me. He's like, hey bro, I had a dream that that you were crying. You were at a funeral and that you were crying. You know, that your lady had passed away. I'm like, all right, dog. Thanks for telling me, dog. It's all it's all good. Like, no, nah. he's like, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's cool, dog. You you have to tell me. That's cool. And then when I seen him again this time, he said he had a dream that. Um, he saw me and her, and that we were like, uh, I, I was like somewhere, and there was like a bunch of rocks, like like almost like mountains, but they're rocky. And then um, I'm like, I got the rocks behind me, the mountains, and I'm like just looking up at the heavens. And my wife is hugging me, you know, she's got her arms around me, and she's got like her 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 face, her left side of her face, or what you know, the side of her face against my chest, and she's just like comforting me. But I don't know if she's there. You know what I mean? I'm I'm just looking up and it's all sad and she's hugging me and comforting me. But I don't know that she's there. You know what I mean? Um But yeah. Uh right now I'm gonna fucking take a quick little nap. I'm gonna take my little break right here. Off in a couple of hours and shit. It went by pretty fast today, thank God. It was it was good. So uh thanks for listening, guys. Um I'm gonna see if I drop something on Monday for the for the free feed, but I just wanted to do something here, kind of give you guys exactly what happened, you know, um, you know, with the situation and shit, you know, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's really fucked up, you know. And uh, what sucks is the in-laws, they're kind of, they're, they're, my homies heard them saying that, oh, if I would have taken her sooner, I should have told her, I should have pushed her. But that's just ignorance, you know what I mean? My my conscience is clean as far as that, you know what I mean? I, I did my best, I tried my best to do whatever it was that I could do, you know, despite the situation, you know. That's one thing that I don't regret, you know. Uh, those comments of theirs um, stem from regret because they they never really uh, were there for her. They kind of pushed her away, stuff like that, you know. Um, and uh, my in-laws want my kids to keep going over there. I told my kids, you know what? It's up to you guys. I'm not gonna force you guys to go, and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna stop you from going. It's up to you guys, you know. But uh, all right, guys, thanks for listening, and thanks for being patrons. Um, Hopefully soon, man, because I'm going to do some changes with my with my credit and all that shit. You know what I mean? So I don't have to be working two fucking jobs. That way I can just fucking do what I got to do. And all the feria that I have goes to my goes to my rent. And I don't got to be paying no fucking bills, you know? Some people think it's a negative thing. It's bankruptcy. I'm, I'm probably going to end up doing this shit. Fuck it. Just so I could. Because, man, right now, like, my kids had two parents. Now they're down to one parent. And my kids aren't ready yet. And like I said in the funeral... I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to die. Lord knows I'm not afraid of death. I'm ready right now. You can take me, but I realize that I've got to leave my kids ready. They have to have their family. My son is worried about me meeting somebody already. He asked my daughter. I said, nah, I'm not to worry about that. I'm not even thinking about that. You know what I mean? So let's see, man. Continue to pray for me. Continue to offer support. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks.